All right, everybody. You guys were all freaking out last week. Um, oh, the A's are on five. The A's are on five. The season's over. Everybody lose their mind. But you know what? Chris over here was nice, cool, calm, and collected. That's why I'm wearing the sunglasses today. Because Chris is feeling pretty cool today. Oh, wait. That's right. I was freaking out, too. Maybe I should take these off. Welcome to Town Tailgate Podcast. We all were freaking out. Like, Julio, were you sitting there when I was doing that bit and you're just like, you're such a fucking liar? Were you about to like lose uh, your mind? Well, when me? you have the glasses, I'm like, all right, is it going to be something with the A's? Is it going to be, you know, you got your first shot kind of yeah, thing? I got it today. Boom. I got the, the scar to show it. Can't really see it on the YouTube anyway. For the for the audio listeners, I just showed my, my Band-Aid. I got it today, literally. Came home today. Party. Pfizer, Pfizer gang. Yeah, again. What do? Um, no, it was it was uh, you know, we were all freaking out, and I was trying to be like, I was cool, I was cool, I had it, I had it together. Um, but I feel cool now because I feels good rooting for a winning team. Yeah, man, what a, but what a difference! Of, ooh, that's the name of this week's episode. What a difference a week makes. Just uh, like I would leave, I would leave these sunglasses on. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I leave them on all all uh, podcasts, but I can't read my second monitor with them on. Yeah. It's just a blank screen, so I have to take them off. Go ahead. Yeah, just what a difference a week makes, man. Just like we were like, everything's fall. Everything that we've hated in this last season is showing. Everyone's getting hurt. They can't hit, and then all of a sudden they just need to leave Oakland, and all those things went down. I mean, everyone's still hurt, and we're going to get into the reason for that success the second half of the podcast. But today we're going to cover, uh, with the big three, um, some controversy um, in a Mets game um, with a hit batter. Um, the Astros got in some trouble for health and safety protocols, so that's interesting. Not much information has come out of that. We'll talk about that. Um, a lot of players on the injured list for the A's, of course. Um and then the second half, we again we're going to talk about why they're successful to um, this past week and uh, really dive deep into it. Why the offense has kind of come alive. Um, why maybe the pitching's come alive. Um, but first, Julio, got to start off with the biggest news of the week. We have yes, no hitter. But before we do that, make sure, folks, if you're not following us on Twitter, please make sure to give oh, yeah. us a follow on at the town tailgate. Uh, really, we've been talking a lot during the show, interacting, so make sure to throw your stuff out there. If you're not following the pod, uh, wherever you get your podcasts at, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube, make sure to like, subscribe, review us. Like Chris said last week, let's get paid. I keep forgetting to do that. My bad. It's okay. It's okay. Because you know <laughs> what? This was like a really exciting thing. Um, the Padres... And- but hold on, Julio, oh, oh, when oh, we become oh. pro, I will have a producer who will remind me in my ear to do that for me That's instead right. of me being the producer. So there you go. Yeah. But damn it. Anyway. God damn it. My segue. Fucking guy. Anyways. You're right. The Padres have made. And it'll be perfect like this pitching performance. No, it wasn't was a perfect almost. game. You're right. All right. I know. I'm not good with the segues today. Anyways, Padres <laughs> do no hitter. They were the only team to not have a no hitter. And it happened. And it belongs to... The man from El Cajon, California, suburb of San Diego, Mr. Joe Musgrove. That's pretty cool. I mean, he he grew up a, a Padres fan, so I think that's probably the most badass part about it. Um, grew up going to you know the gas lamp and going to um, Petco Park. Um, 
this was Dude, pretty wild. He even grew wild. up going uh, to Qualcomm. And uh, yeah, Jack Murphy yeah. Qualcomm, when he, he grew up going there, man. Like, that shows you that guy is, I think, yeah. Petco's not yeah. that old. It's 16 years He's old. He's not or that so, young, still. Um, this is this when you told me this. Um, I think you saw it on Twitter or something. This was wild to me. I could not believe that he was the only or that the Padres were the only ones to not have a no hitter. <laughs> and the first thought through my mind was they play in a pitcher's ballpark. There's no fucking way that they don't. They've never had a no hitter. Like I even looked it up. Like wasn't there like a combined no hitter for them? Um, in the past like year or two, but that was the Brewers. That's, yeah. I, yeah. Um, that's wild to me. And like this is like one of the worst, the or best pitcher ballparks in baseball, like top five. So that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. Well, yes, yeah, so think. Well, if you want to play devil's advocate with that argument, you can say, well, because it's a pitcher's park, there's a lot of room on the grounds to like have weird, you know, weird shit happen when it comes to hitting the ball, kind of thing. Yeah, there's a lot of room to cover, so you can make that argument to go against it, but. Is that it's a is crazy. that a wide ballpark? I don't remember. I've only been there once. I can't remember. Yeah, it's when I was big. Pretty drunk for half it, it, of the game. Um, I don't think it's anything like AT and T or Oracle or Pac Bell or whatever the hell they're calling it now. Whereas, like you know, yeah. Triples Alley, your favorite place mm-hmm. in the world, Triples Alley. Uh, yeah. But I, the dimensions are a little funky. There is some space to room, but it's even crazy to think like you know over the last ooh, twenty years, the Padres have had some pretty good pitchers there. You know, like Jake Peavy. Mm-hmm. When he went on his crazy run, James Shields was pretty solid for his time there, and and nobody ever did it. And we were like, oh, it's going to be Blake Snell. It'll be you, Darvish. No, man, Joe Musgrove, the guy that we kind of forgot about. Yeah. Um, final stat line, he went uh, nine innings, complete game. He had 10 strikeouts. He threw no walks, but he hit one batter, man. He was one batter. If he didn't hit that one batter, it's a perfect game. Which would have been He so just special. got angry. He got angry but- and was like, fuck it, I'm going to hit this guy. But also, if you want to add even more insult to injury, um, this happened at the uh, Charcoal Grill Stadium or whatever they're calling the Ranger Stadium. Now it just looks like a barbecue grill. You also remember last year is when Slam Diego took off, was at the Rangers when Tatis swung 3-0. So, oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. The Rangers just don't like the Padres, man. There's got to be some like. Yeah. It, is this going to be one of those like rivalries that comes up in the last in the next uh, the next few years, like just out of nowhere? And you're just like, well, how did that rivalry start? Oh, that's right. The, yeah, the like Tatis they're gonna... hit unwritten rules and like ran, like in, another example, the Tim Anderson has like a weird like hatred for the A's. Oh, is yeah, that going to yeah. be a rivalry? That's really weird as well. But it's like they're not even like indiv- They're not even in the same league. They're not even in state rivals. No, so they're only they're going to rarely play. They're only going to be playing each other in spring training. Um, yeah. And in, in, like, uh, what's it? You know, every three years for interdivisions play, mm. and then like they're not going to play each other in the World Series. Rangers are no, probably the worst team in baseball right now, and looking not looking much promising in the at least coming few years. Actually, let me check their record. The record, uh, the only teams that are worse than the Ranger net right now are the Rockies and. Uh, not Washington. us anymore. Not beep, us beep, 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 anymore. And the Rangers, but the Ra- or not the Rangers, Nationals, but they've had some rainouts and COVID shit. 
Um, yeah. Another fun fact before we go on to the next thing. Uh, Victor Carantini was the catcher for that day. He was um, the reason he's on the Padres in the first place is he was Yu Darvish's personal catcher. And he was also the last person to catch a no hitter in 2020 when Alec Mills, there you know, journeyman pitcher, threw no hitter for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. So, congrats to him, Something man. About Alec make... Mills, bro. Something about him. Yeah, or Victor Caratini. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Whoops. Congrats to the yeah, Padres. Yeah. Uh, congrats to uh, and Whitney's uncle, Skip Kelly. Diehard Padres fan. He was blowing up on Facebook about it. I texted him the morning after saying congrats. Um, so yeah, shout out to all those peeps out there. That's you stay classy, San move. Diego. That's such an uncle move to be um, losing your shit on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, think about it. Fifty years. Yeah, I'll put it on the poll. Does your uncle constantly lose his shit on Facebook? My uncle does. I will say, yeah. Uncle Mike. No. My uncle Mike loses his shit on Facebook all the time. But think about it, man. Fifty years. So you know how many times they've probably been so close, and you're like, ah, shit. You know, no, obviously it's, it's not more a about, series, but. It's more about the platform of Facebook than, oh, is, yeah. Yeah, than it is, like, instead of, like, my <laughs> uncle's blowing his sh- losing his shit on Twitter over something, it's like, no, he's losing his shit on Facebook. And it's like, oh, it just happens to be the one day of the week that I check my Facebook, and he happens to be losing his shit. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next thing. Um, who was, who was the – who was – you go, because I don't know who the batter was. I can't. Oh, wasn't it Conforto? Yes, Michael Conforto. Um, bases loaded, and they had a walk off against the Marlins last Thursday. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're a few. We're a little late on this conversation, but also it's going to be tied into the whole. We're going to wrap it up in a bow. Uh, but he was. He hit a walk off walk or hit by pitch, and on the pitch, he his elbow was. He was very much leaning into the strike zone, and per rules and regulations, you know, you can't lean into any pitches. If a pitch is coming towards you, got to avoid. And, yeah, umpire, umpire can call that a strike if he really wanted to. Yeah, he could do that if he really wanted to. And guess what? They didn't. That's one. Uh, that was only the – that was probably the most controversial thing this week. But then mm-hmm. the other thing that happened in this week, and we need robot umpires because they're not doing a good job anymore – um, was Alex ba- Alec Baum, rookie for the Philadelphia Phillies, play at the plate. Um, he was tagging from third on a sack fly, and dude was like out, 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 and he never even touched home plate. Umpires called it safe, reviewed it, still called him safe. Even mm-hmm. John Boyd, because, you know, John Boyd's awesome and a lot of this breakdown stuff, in his clip that they showed, he – had three different angles running simultaneously, and in all three angles, Alec Baum doesn't touch home. And for something that's going on in New York, where or so, I was going to say Secaucus, but that's NBA, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But something's going on at this replay where they're not doing a thorough job of looking at this stuff because if like people in the crowd and people at home and you, the players can all see he's out, he never touched home, and they're not calling it. Like, what can you do, man? It's either that or they're too much of pussies to reverse the call. It's really that simple. Like, like I, you know, I hate to be so like raunchy, but if anyone who listens to the show knows, this is just how I roll. Um, it, they're just fucking pussies. Like, they just don't want to be. They don't want to get the shit on Sports Center for the next like fucking month and a half about how they're blowing calls in in replay, and then like have to rethink replay. But this is this is like ten times worse. Like, it's just like it was so blatantly obvious. Um, so I was not about. Um, you know, I believe that there is some 
there is a lot of, especially with um, umpiring in baseball, officiating in baseball, that um, uh, what's the word? And I was being an umpire uh, growing up. When, I, was when I was just about to bring that up. I was like, "Want to get yeah, your that umpire was my hat high on. school That was my high school job. Um, I was a little league umpire. Um, there, there is a, a there is a human element that I think is important because a lot of calls are judgment calls, like uh, infield fly. That's a judgment call. Um, I don't know. We can go up down the list. And I always felt like a, the strike zone is a judgment call. At the beginning of the game, you are required to give the team your strike zone so they know it and they understand it, and you are supposed to live by what you tell the managers when they turn their lineup card at the beginning of the game. And if you don't live by that, you're going against their word. Um, and every every umpire strike zone, in, at least like in the rules of baseball, like every umpire strike zone is different, and it says that like there's no specific like guideline for it. They're just like a kind of this this umpire rule where it's like from the letters to the knees, like everybody knows that. Um, but the problem is with umpires in in baseball, they're all a lot of them are much older. Um, a lot of them are very stubborn, which most officiating fish. Uh, I don't know. I think yeah, officiating referees, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the word the correct word is for that. Um, are you know? It's just kind of like a weird like power chip. I don't understand it. Maybe just that that type of profession um, attracts those type of people. Um, and you know they they're very stubborn to to their calls. I think the NBA is probably the the best example of people who are a little bit more lenient, who are willing to like talk to the player afterward and kind of like talk through it and see like what the best situation for the call is. But, um. This is fucking ridiculous, man. I mean, like he leaned into the like the that that pitch was like a good another ball in in the strike zone. Like it was pretty clearly in the strike zone. And if you're set up correctly behind the catcher, you can see that that's in the strike zone, regardless if he leans it or not. Like your view has a very clear peripheral view of the plate below, and the plate is supposed to be the width of the strike zone. So it, I don't know. He apologized for it afterward, and he saw the tape and he was like I should have called that but you you know like sorry your apology doesn't get me a win back so it, you you know it's fucking pointless um I'll let uh, you respond and then I'll go in on replay but go ahead no no I, well no I, you kind of hit a lot of the points I wanted to bring up it's just like look NBA NBA in terms of their officiating I don't think it's any better I think there's been this season with no fans and the arenas up until now really um, we've seen like a lot of texts getting called for kind of bullshit stuff, especially, you know, let's be a warrior fan seeing these weird calls in Draymond when like he normally doesn't get that. Yeah. Um, but there are refs in the NBA that will talk to the player afterward and yeah. you can see like that play happens again and they call it differently. Cause they realize like, fuck yeah. Like, that I, I and when it comes to replay, that's like stuff like the tech calls. That's a di- completely different thing. That's just an instinctual yeah. thing where you're like, uh, kind of thing. Both replay, I feel like NBA actually does a great job with it. They look back and they can do it. Um, NFL, who knows? Maybe just because baseball replay has only been a really how long has it been around? Five, six years, maybe. It's um, not a long thing. Wasn't that, it 2013? Was the first year of it? <laughs> so 2012, it was home runs, and then they realized that they were fucking up on home runs, and they could utilize it for something else. I think 2013 was the first time because I remember there was a play at at home plate. It was like a, a pass ball, um, and Josh Donaldson was at the plate, and and uh, uh, they called him out, and and it was like Seth Seth um, Seth Smith Seth Smith like made a play at home. He he took it for a pass ball, 
and he was safe, and they called him out. And I remember Josh Donaldson, like, I don't know why I remember this picture, but it's a really photo, uh, photographic memory moment. He turns around on the bench. He goes, challenge that shit. Challenge that shit. And he, like, throws his finger down. Um, Seth Smith, run. Uh, star of Angels in the Outfield. What? Oh, shit. You didn't know that? He was in that movie? He was, like, he was a kid. Yeah, he was, he was a kid. Like, like he was a, an, extra. an extra or something? Yeah, he's in the movie. That's funny. And then also filmed in Oakland. So that's kind of tight. Um, is he friends with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you think? Can he get me maybe. an autograph? I don't know him, so I'd have to be friends yeah, with Yeah, so first, the first, first step, you, we got to <laughs> hit, hit up Seth Smith and have him become friends with us. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. But before you kind of go on your last soapbox thing, I'm very surprised you did not blame the B word for this. Um, The B word? Yeah, what is the name of the old... <laughs> Let's see if you can pick this one up. Uh, what is the name of the old uh, mini golf slash go kart chain? There was one. Oh, in the, the boomers. <laughs> yes. I mean, the, the audience knows what I'm talking about. You know, it's like a re- it's like a once a month requirement as host of these podcasts that we have to go on. Is a Chris rate. ageist? Yes or no? One thousand percent. I am not even gonna lie. Um, that was a joke for. If one day I get somewhat famous and blog boys go back, he says he's ages. Like, no, that was a joke. So fuck off. Um, okay. So why are we, ha- why do we have replay? That's my, that's the only thing I, I just don't get it. If it, if you're not going to follow through with it, like why, what are we, why are we doing it? It's fucking stupid. It's a waste of time. It slows down the game. Um, they never get it right. Almost never. Like I think like, and I think there was a stat two years ago where it was like, in the first month of the season, there was like 45 replay reviews. Only f- only one of them was overturned. So it's just like, who who's in who is in the who's in the video booth? That's what I want to know. Is it b- more boomers? Because that explains it all right there. If it's more boomers, then that's why. That's why it's not working. If it's a younger group of guys who are more tech savvy and who are gonna like, you know, weigh at the options, I think we'd have more success. But I mean, to get this call, this blatantly terrible call wrong like all right it's time to get like some i'm i'm all for so i yeah if you would i've went off on the tangent a little bit for the strike zone i want to just circle back to get back to the point um if you would ask me two years ago uh if we should have robotic strike zone i would have told you no that's a judgment call but after seeing how atrocious it's been the past couple years i think we totally should uh, with replay review, like there just needs to be some more power up in the booth or something like that. Something's going wrong, and and they're just getting these calls wrong. It's pathetic. Agreed. Yeah. And the last thing, a part of the big three, it's a couple things. So Chris and I were going back and forth for a while. What we wanted to talk about. Um, uh, Dodgers have been off to a blazing start. They're I think nine and two now. Which just complete domination. Uh, the Boston Red Sox are on a nine-game winning streak. They're kind of, like I said, that's the team I said, like, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they kind of catch fire. And right now they look great. They look like they're kind of how yeah. they were a couple years ago. But, yeah, but uh, the national media has covered that enough. Yeah. We don't need to talk about but it. But this afternoon, we got some spicy news. Uh, the Houston Astros are placing Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez, and Martin Maldonado on the IL for violating health and safety protocols. Um, both were on their uh both uh, they've all received their first shot what um 
Dusty Baker had said, so I don't think there's anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. But um, if we just want to add a couple, you know, chinks in that armor a little bit, um, the Astros have lost, I believe, like four in a row. Mm-hmm. Four or five in a row. Right now, they are currently losing two. Um, but didn't they play in those games? Uh, no. Well, yeah, they, they were playing those games, but I'm saying right yeah. now they're losing... 6-2 to the Tigers Wednesday night. Oh, the um, Tigers suck. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. So they're kind of... It's crazy how much of a difference, like, a week makes. Yeah. Because, you know, we were talking about, oh, they were, they look like they're the team. They're offensive juggernaut. Um, but, you know, yeah, losers to four straight, probably going to be five in a row. And now they're going to be pretty much the only guys are going to be there, Tucker and Correa. Yeah, so they might fall down those um, standings a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even I don't know how much we can speculate on what this is because that's really weird. I mean, if they got their first shot, um, I don't know. I mean, I know that didn't the MLB come out and say that like if you like you know the rules, the COVID, the health and safety rules are strict, but depending on how high a percentage of your roster I th- no i think it's actually just club and gen- clubhouse in general so like coaches too is vaccinated you're you will get looser restrictions so you won't get punished for violating the rules so i don't know how much of their clubhouse has gotten vaccinated so i don't know how yeah. sh- strict the rules they have on their i don't think I don't there's know, it's yeah. a weird situation i don't think there's really a correlation with that oh it, but i think here's what i'm gonna say for this correlation um is Texas is pretty much wide open again. The state of Texas had a full on, you know, the Texas Rangers had 100% capacity for their opening series. Um, and their Texas is pretty much back to normal, which and you're not required to wear a mask either. Yeah. Masks are not mandatory anymore. Um, and not saying that any of these guys were, mm-hmm. you know, participating and not because, you know, you're, you have a much higher level job where you should be taking this shit serious. Even if you don't really fully believe in it because your job is involved, you should be, you know, still distancing, still masking up and all that stuff. I'm guessing it's just like, I wouldn't be shocked if just Texas is not really doing a great job of, uh, still holding their statistics to higher measure when it comes to cases. Yeah. And yeah, take that for what you will. You know, we don't want to speculate, but in terms of just the team, when you're running a four game win now, five game winning streak, probably a losing streak, and you're going to be without three of your best players. And let me see who they're going to be playing up next. Um, you know, the A's are surging. The Angels look really, really good, good right now. Good job, John. You called that one. Yeah, right. And let's we see didn't believe him, even though it's only 10 games, but still. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, got, you always got to take it with a grain of salt. They're going to be playing the Twins this weekend, who um, we're going to be seeing them next week. We're going to talk a little bit more about them, but it's just like, whew, have a mighty fall. And then they play the Rockies, but in Colorado. So, like, mm. yeah, it's going to be a tough week for them. I don't have any sympathy for them because they're yeah. fucking cheaters. Um, and, and you know what I got to say to that? Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's move on to the A's news. A lot of injuries. I say let's we, just... I mean, 
we this just plays through these. Yeah, week. they all kind of. Yeah, we touched on a little bit, a little few of these last week, but there's more. Um, yeah, so Chad Pinder it doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. His injury looks brutal, which sucks because he was the only shining light the first five games of the season. AJ Puck comes back, pitches one great game, then he gets hurt. Um, no timeline for him yet, huh? Ooh. No timeline return, and it, it's just he's been gone for like five days. You think they would be able to fucking know by now? Yeah, it's a bicep. Yeah, you just got to feel for the guy. Like, that's all we can do at this point. So, we'll see. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, Matt Olson still did today. Um, he played a couple days ago. So Yeah, but then you know, he got I a new just... one because on yeah. uh, Tuesday night's, no, Monday night's game, he got hit by a pitch and his finger had some finger contusion. He stayed in the game and then he was taken out later. And I think uh, Seth Brown was playing first. Yeah, and he's been hitting well. So, you know, and yep. Mitch Moreland's. Mitch Moreland's a good first baseman. He's and then playing playing really well there too. Something we should keep an eye on. Uh, Mike Fires has been pitching some simulated games out of the alternate site. Whoa. Uh hopefully he's gonna be back in the next couple weeks. Just not Cole Irvin's been meh, but Yeah, no so offense it's... to your boy, but he hasn't, you know, he's he's you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but also if your name's he's not, not Mike Frankie Montas or Sean Manaya, you've been meh. In starter supplies. Chris Bassett pitched really well yesterday, yesterday yeah. two days ago. He had like five walks. Ah, you know. He had control he issues. Up, he, he only gave he, up two runs. <laughs> Something like that. I can't remember. But um, we got to talk about the yeah. most important A's news. Um, and it's it's a pretty shocking turn of events. Did not see this one coming. Yeah. Sergio Romo shaved his beard. Dude, he looks fucking weird. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. He looks fucking weird. He didn't look like the same guy. Wow. I thought he was Rugnan Odor for a second. He kind of looks like him. With, they both kind of look like each other without the beard. They don't look like each other with the beard. But without the beard, they do. And it's it's weird. Did he say why he shaved it? No, but let me see how he pitched yesterday. And I want to see if there's a... He It better have been good because... He was killing it with the beard for us, so it would suck if he wasn't. Well, no, he wasn't doing pitching that, that great. What's his ERA right now as it stands? Uh, oh, hold on, seven point seven one. Maybe one of the games that I missed while I was traveling for work. Um, he gave up like a shit ton of runs, but, but what came, I remember, he had some outings and he <sighs> was doing, he was looking fucking sexy. But he came in and had a shutout inning for yesterday for the the Diamondbacks game. That's like suck it, Julio. Yeah, but that's because he shaved. It's just that baseball oh, okay. paranoia, man. All right, fine, whatever. <laughs> I can't disagree with facts. Like you, you gave me numbers. Numbers don't lie. At this point, it's just stubbornness. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Of course. <laughs> okay uh let's should we take a break yeah let's take a break um and then we'll dive into um a segment we're gonna call it's working in all caps with a lot of exclamation points i blew out my i blew out my speaker there i was Sorry thinking it was gonna be more of anakin and his pod racer when he's going it's working it's working oh dude no the <sighs> phantom menace as much as i like the phantom menace i watch it later in my life and it's brutal to get through like as we'll a kid talk, it was amazing we'll talk after the break about this real quick okay. and then we'll jump into oh. 
Welcome back. Um, Julio? It's working. It's working. We want to talk about some things that some major changes um, this past offseason. Uh, not with personnel. Well, actually, one of them is with personnel, technically. Yeah. But anyway, anyway some, thing, some things that, that, <laughs> that Bob Melvin's been experimenting with, it's fucking working. Um, one of them we tweeted about, this first one, um, and it blew up on our Twitter. So thank you, everybody, for who um, liked it and retweeted it. This was just a random. I was just, you know, at the end of the day, typically how I finish off my day, I'll like, you know, watch a movie or TV show or something, and I'll be like laying in, in uh, on my couch, and then I'll kind of go through the box scores and the standings of the baseball um, day, if, you know, just to catch up on what I missed. Doing a baseball podcast, it's important to stay informed. Um, so I was looking at stats, stat leaders for the MLB. And I saw that Mark Hanna was leading the league in runs scored um, by like at the the day I showed you, it was like he was leading by like five runs. Like there was not anyone really close. Um, which sidebar, Ramon Laureano is leading in steals. That's pretty cool. Um, small ball. It looks like they're going back to small ball. Um, anyway, so Mark Hanna was leading by runs scored, and I was looking at it, and his average is like you know it's okay. It's around like two forty or something like that. Uh, but the walks are up again. So that means that the idea of putting the veteran, um, experienced, um, calm and collected um, outfielder at the top of the lineup is working. So Julio, let me ask you this question. And right now he still currently leads the MLB with 13 runs scored. Um, not bring in runs, by the way, just to clarify for the listeners. That's runs scored himself. So he has touched home plate 13 times. Let me ask you this question, Julio, before you jump into it. Um, is the age of the speed demon at the top of the lineup over? It just in general, or yeah. is the age of prioritizing speed at the number one leadoff spot over? Um, I think it has been. It's just this is the first time the A's have really kind of bit into stuff because if you look back a lot of teams have been doing this in the past so like joey Votto had been a leadoff hitter for a minute just because you know on base machine monster um, dexter fowler i think is an example that not everybody has been doing it he's a terrible he hits like 220 the past few seasons and he's still been leading off about, for the cardinals and the cubs <laughs> i want to say let me rephrase that i want to say everybody's doing it but yeah. um a lot of teams have been like teams have been doing it in the past, uh, I think Anthony Rizzo was hitting lead off for a while for the Cubs, um, and yeah, I think that we're just kind of reaching that point where it's like it doesn't matter if your guy is fast because one, well, I feel not a lot of teams steal anymore, unless you're like um, Acuna or you know Ramon Laureano now, plus ups. But who? Yeah, it, it's just like it's it's crazy how. This at least so far into this season, it's really paying off. And I think another thing we got to kind of talk about you already mentioned the top with Ramon leading um, baseball and steals is they're just being way more aggressive on the bases, um, especially with Canna. He's you know, he's not afraid to take third if it's a sec if he's going from first to third, and mm -hmm. then he's not afraid to take home from second to home. Um, and that they're okay, he's okay with being aggressive about it. And it's not just him, it's not just Ramon. Um, like Mark, Matt Chapman has always been kind of a, a pretty decent runner around the bases. And you can tell from time to time, he's being a little more aggressive out there. And it's, it's been really weird 
Like I wasn't saying I wouldn't even say exciting. I wouldn't say fun because it's just like, dude, Moneyball. What's the Moneyball philosophy? Dude, it's like don't yeah. you don't take you don't steal, right? Yeah. And just now they're like, sure, let's try it. We got Elvis Andrews who's got all these years of base stealing experience. Sure, why not? Mm-hmm. What what does he say to Terrence Long in in that in that uh, in the movie? He's like, uh, <laughs> don't. Uh, don't don't steal any bases. Stolen bases and out. He goes, that's what I do. That's what you pay me to do. No, I pay you to get on first, not get thrown out at second. That's like the, the one of the, my favorite lines of that movie. Um, and I want to say it's not that Mark Hanna's slow. He's not. He's one of the fastest guys on our team. But he's not the like the fastest guy. He's not Ramon Laureano. You know, this was ten years ago. Ramon would have that leadoff spot. But because Canna walks so much. It just it, it makes a lot of sense. No, they have been a lot more aggressive, and I th- honestly, dude, I think they're playing. It kind of looks like they're playing more small ball, and I think the reason why they're doing it is because they're not hitting the ball at the park. I think they saw the first five games. I think Bowmel saw that they they couldn't do it. That the the that one through three. That's another thing we're talking about. That we me and Newley have been texting about a lot all all week is the lineup, um, excluding yesterday's game. Yesterday's game because yesterday's game everybody hit. It was really fun to watch. Um. But these the success in the last five games is one through three has been hitting and they've been hitting well and they've been hitting with runners on base. Um, that's been Mark Hanna, um, uh, Ramon Laureano, and Jed Lowry. Um, they just have been consistent. They've gotten two hits. It felt it feels like every single game. Um, and I think that they realize that the middle of the lineup, you know, Olsen, Chapman. Piscotti, Moreland, those guys aren't hitting the ball at the park and they need to score runs somehow. So let's play some small ball. Let's go, let's go for third on a single instead of stopping at second. Let's try and steal a bag and put a runner in scoring position, you know, before Jed gets up the bat. So uh, do we have anything else you want to talk about with this? Because, no, because I think it I think it'll lead into the next thing. Yeah, because I was gonna say, I think a big reason on why um well, it's a, it's look, dude. It's a, it's a kind of a classic baseball formula. You get somebody who gets on base, and then you have somebody who can consistently bring them home. And right now, our next project that's working is Jed Lowry. Jed Lowry in the three hole. He's Say his nickname, Tulio. Say his nickname. Just eats doubles. Or yesterday, he's just eats dingers. <laughs> Specifically yesterday. Yeah, but um, he's tied for fourth in the AL and RBI. He's got 11 RBIs in the season. So, like, you know, you don't really need to be a mathematician to see, like, well, if this guy is leading the, the leadoff hitter, is leading baseball and runs scored, and their three-hole hitter is fourth in RBIs. Uh, <laughs> I tweeted something after their – it wasn't a walk-off. It was their like, game-winning – um the game winning um or no maybe it was yet it was yesterday i can't remember yeah it wasn't a while it was, was just like yeah it was, it was the yeah. seth brown go ahead uh, i chappy. tweeted jed lowry is the greatest a's second baseman of all time don't at me i truly full-heartedly believe that statement i really do i'm trying to think of someone who's somewhat close to Ooh. that mark ellis yeah, only because of say. length only because of length mark ellis was never he was consistently a 290 hitter Never hit more than 15 home runs. He hit around like 12 every season. Um, was an above-average defender, but he never made an all-star team. Was never in consideration for MVP, which Jed has been. Um, and and 
Yeah, I'd fucking love Jed Lowry. Yeah, and it's it's you know he's always <laughs> been a doubles machine too, which has been great. And you and the reason why is because he has a flat swing, and so he's like perfect for that third lineup. He always finds the gaps. He always just gets enough enough of the ball to where it doesn't quite go out, but it'll bounce off the wall and it can and get guys in. And like these two guys are the perfect guys to bat in front of him. So I hope they don't change this. Even I like even if like Olsen and Chapman go on a tear and they're like, okay, maybe we should give these guys more bats to put in the top lineup. I really hope they don't because this is like this is the perfect one, two, three punch. And and to kind of well and just to throw out some numbers there to kind of back up the facts, he's in the three hole most of the season, he's hitting 333. He's got a 417 on base percentage, um, 548 slugging, and he's only getting paid $1.5 million. I know. Cha-ching. Great. Well, um, I mean, the Mets paid him enough. Yeah, good. exactly. But I, it's interesting because I think at the beginning of the year when we had Alex Coffey on here, but I think we probably discussed it multiple times afterwards as well. It's just like, what's going to be the, the deal with leadoff? We have, El- mm-hmm. we have Elvis who. His career, he's been the leadoff hitter. He's, he's you know, mentioned it earlier, but he's great on the base paths. He's known to get some steals. And he just hasn't, he's been, for lack of better words, he's been terrible to start the season. And yeah. Soon he'll fall to his own. But it's like, maybe having this formula and then, you know, OG baseball, softball rules, if you're in the nine hole, you're more or less going to be another leadoff hitter just yeah. at the bottom of that lineup kind of thing. So, like, they look in great shape and with that. If Canna can continue this with Jed hitting in that three-hole, and then two, you can put Ramon, you can put Chappie. It's going to be super flexible. And Piscotty's starting to heat up again, too. Piscotty's heating again, too. Oh, shout-out to Locked on Ace podcast as well. They tweeted earlier in the day yesterday. I think Piscotty had a single, and they're like, Piscotty's bad teeing up, and like I liked it. I kept an eye out on it. And mm. then like second or third at-bat afterwards, he had a home run. That, oh, like nice. So shout out to that uh, the Nostradamus there, yeah. but uh, it's it kind of gives them a lot of flexibility in terms of what they can do with that middle to back of lineup. If like cool, one two three set, and then if Elvis can be the nine hole hitter all season long, and he's cool with it, and I, I he seems like the kind of guy that'd be fine with it. Yeah, if he can get on base and then kick it back to those guys at the top. Exactly. Exactly. With his speed still, and it's like, yeah, and that and that means the middle of the lineup, which they're all streaky hitters, but when they are going to be hot, it's going to be good for us. You know that Olson, Chapman, Moreland, Murphy, like mm-hmm. th- and Piscotty, like those guys, and then it's just going to be the meat of it. But you know, yeah, the the one through three, we need to have reliable people there. Yeah, and then I'm sure if you haven't been living, if you've been living under a rock, the A's have gone on a four game win streak. They've won five of their last six. Uh, they're starting to click again, and a big part of it has to deal with it's working, uh, how they're playing defense. Uh, uh, it's been kind of an emphasis during the broadcasts, both for radio and TV, that Bomel has been playing the team a lot more in sh- uh, defensive shifts, So, if, and when he hasn't been that kind of guy before. And it's working. The A's are fourth in American League in double, or in Major League Baseball in double plays turned, uh, and their fielding percentage is actually lead the American League. They're 989, which that shouldn't be a shocker just because of you know, Chappie and and Ollie, and then plus we know how good Lowry can be out there and Ramon. It's just it's this is a they're creating a winning formula. If they can get 
whatever Yips, Lozardo, and Bassett are having, this is how you build a winning team, man. So, uh, I, I was, was when I saw this um, last night and I was like thinking about it, I think the reason why he's doing shifts more um, is the reliability and and the flexibility of the middle of the lineup. So last year with Lestella, not much range on that arm. Um, also defensively, he was fine, uh, but you know, he wasn't the best. Where Lowry played shortstop for half his career. So we know That's that true. he's a stud at second base. So you can trust him. And Elvis probably has as strong as of an arm as Marcus did, which Marcus had a really strong arm, but he's about a half a second quicker because he doesn't pump before he throws. So that's another thing about that. He can play a little bit deeper if they want to do the lefty shift. He can, you know, there's just more range there um, with those two middle guys. And also the experience and having, like, you know, the awareness uh, as opposed to, um, in you know, in the recent past. Um, so I think that's got to be – I think that has to be part of it. Um, you know, don't quote me. He hasn't said that. Bob Miller hasn't said that. But that's just my analysis from watching the games. Um uh, I totally forgot the last thing I was going to say. Oh, you were on a roll, to too. Oh, was I? Oh, now you're throwing it back to me. Yeah. Um, no, that's <laughs> honestly, that's, real, no, that's like just from observing. <laughs> sorry. Uh, just from observing that. Yeah, it's true. Like, uh, no offense to uh, Lustella and Kemp and whoever else. And I know Pinder from time Profar. to time. Profar at second. Yeah. Um, Jed was a gold glove finalist a few years ago in his last season yeah. in Oakland. So. Um, we know what he's capable of out there and, and Bomo knows what he's capable of. So, uh, just to see that it's actually working and, uh, you shifts are look, it seems like they look a lot easier than they actually are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's worked. It, it, their team's coming around. Um, let me, can I, let me ask you a quick sidebar. I remember what it was before we, we finish it off. Um, uh, so today I was listening to Mason in Ireland on ESPN radio while I was driving to go get my test and Ramona Shelburne was on there and John Ireland was asking her um, if she likes the shift, if they, they should outlaw the shift. Cause that's been a big conversation topic lately. And Ramona Shelburne said the thing that I could not agree more with ever. Um, uh, she said that uh, I'm totally blanking. Sorry, I got a, a notification um, from our Twitter account that you're gonna lose your mind about. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, she said something. Uh, no, she. I don't ever feel bad about um, um, about shifts because if you're a lefty hitter and they do the left-handed shift on you, like you're an idiot for not trying to just like you. It's a free single. All you have to do is put it up the. The shortstop line or the or the third base line, it's a free single. So if you don't adjust to that, that's on you. Or if you don't bunt to the third base side, that's on you. Um, def- defenders should be able to do whatever they want in order to counteract your defense and whatnot, or your uh, your offense uh, and whatnot, so they can put themselves in the best position possible. That would be like if the NBA said, uh, uh, "You guys can't play zone anymore." You can only play man. Like that doesn't make sense. Like you got to do whatever <laughs> yeah, you can yeah, yeah. In, or- in order to play the best defense. If you're a smart offensive player, you're going to take advantage of it. So I just wanted to see what your take was on that. No, I know it wasn't I- really a question, but I just want to hear your opinion. One, it's awesome to hear Ramona Shelburne talk about baseball. Cause I don't yeah. know if you've know this or you've seen her. She was like a badass softball player. 
And I've, I've seen her. They've shown clips of her yeah. on Around the Horn from time to time. Full ride scholarship was, at Cal. Yeah, she was like a freaking stud. So like it's. I love Momo so much. Yeah, and like I'm, I'm hit or miss with her just because of some of the. Just bas- basketball is very like bleh, in terms of reporters. Yeah. It's so <clears throat> yeah, it's yeah. so it's so much more toxic than other sport for some reason for some for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, one thousand percent agree, man. Adapt or die. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was if it, dude, we can take it back to the most simplest thing. Um, shout out to Robbie Schleider. You know the guys for train savages. Make sure you give them follow all that stuff. Uh, Robbie and I used to play last year MLB the show a lot. And when you're playing against a, like if you're hitting, let's say if you're Bryce Harper's up to bat, the game will automatically put you in a shift. And I was relatively new and playing the game. Every time mm-hmm. Bryce Harper would come up, he'd, and I'd pitch to him and he would have Bryce, he'd spawn it. Yeah. He's like, dude, you got to I cha- would do the same thing. Yeah, fix yeah. that shit. And so if anything, it's like, yeah, just to harp on that, like, cool, you're going to keep, uh, Complaining about the shift? Well, adapt. Look, do more bunting. Do more situational hitting. To learn, like, if you... Yeah, like, it's it's stupid. Small ball. Adapt or die. Uh, Small ball. All right. Is that... Do you have another one you want to throw in there? Or are you are you good? Um, No. No, yeah, that's good. I think it's... Cool. It's, it's just kind of... Everyone just got to say, man, it's just been a fucking relief. Mm, it's just been God. so nice just to, like... And we have a little bit of relief, well, a little bit of relief, uh, coming in the schedule, so let's um, talk ah, about that. So, yeah. um, this Thursday, so if you're listening to the podcast, today came out, today through Sunday, um, they are, yeah, through Sunday, sorry, weekend series, they're playing the Detroit Tigers, so um, that'll be nice to uh, hopefully rack up some wins and get that record up so we can be competitive with the Angels. Um, and then... I um, wouldn't sorry, get ahead of ourselves just yet, they're actually... With this, knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. If you're with me, um, actually, you would know this, dude. Matthew Boyd is finally coming back. He's pitching like he was a couple years ago, um, and of course, we got to talk about real quick. He's on my fantasy team. Yeah, for yeah, the yeah exactly. that's why he says that. Uh, the freaking one of the stories of baseball right now, Akil Badu. That's a fun name. Yeah, but uh, they're 22 year old. Got called up and he's dude. He's hitting 385, four home runs, 11 RBIs. He's taking like he looks awesome right now. So I that's I, all good and Danny, but two guys don't scare me. No, 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 no. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But I'm just saying mm-hmm. uh, these aren't the Detroit Tigers of two years ago or three years ago. Uh, they they got some pieces there. Are they going to be yeah. the Detroit Tigers from eight years ago? No, but. Well, hopefully we can rack up some wins. Hopefully we yeah, can, yeah, there we go. can do this, this win streak. Anyway, after that, beginning of the next week, Monday through Wednesday, the Minnesota Twins are in town. Um, this is going to be a little bit tougher. Uh, Byron Buxton's finally playing good baseball. That's fun. Look at that. We've been hearing about he's a top prospect for what feels like five years now, and he, he just hasn't developed. So, yeah, that's good. Um, it's not good for us coming them coming into home, but, you know, you, you guys get what I mean. Um, yeah. And then um, old man Cruz. Yeah. How many times still, you got to teach you this lesson, thing, old man? This guy. So he's 50 now, right? <laughs> uh, he actually, it's funny that, you know, people are every, every getting vaccinated and stuff. He actually got vaccinated back in January because he's over 65 he's years so old. he's so fucking old. <laughs> he didn't actually, everybody. This, that was a bit. Um, well, 
fuck them. Hopefully they go down. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's, it's, it's interesting though, because like before we kind of jump into kind of talk about our play of the week and all that, uh, the Tigers are below 500 now, but they start off super hot. They were on a four game losing streak and, um, but their run differentials, I think they actually lead the American league and run differential, or they're in second in the American league now because of Boston third. Sorry. You know what? Look, they're doing good run differential wise. I'm just going to say that. Super fun series to keep an eye out on. Um, this is definitely going to be one of those games. Not like we're watching it. It's gone down since you wrote that stat. They're at <laughs> plus 12 now. God damn it. Yeah. They're fourth place. Still pretty good. So fourth place. And run differential. Still good. Three. But yeah. Fun. A couple, couple of really fun series coming up. Uh, all right, so let's do our player of the week, and then we're going to give some shout-outs. We're going to start giving shout-outs um, when we reach out to you guys on Twitter during yeah. the segment. So so now before – I say we do the shout-outs first because they'll be yeah. like, all right, so we have a cut. We th- this is the first time we're doing it. Uh, yeah, but one of them's Chris Martinez, and who cares about Chris Martinez? Yeah, kidding, Chris. Uh, actually, if you are in the East Bay or in the Barrio Greater, please call Chris <laughs> Martinez for your Free advertising, State Chris. inquiries. Yeah, Chris. Free advertising, Chris. Chris, look, hold up. Real talk. Pay us, you motherfucker. We've known you for well over a decade, if not longer. You can, you know, we can be an advertiser if you need us to. <laughs> look, like a good neighbor, State Farm is State. there. And Chris Martinez, State Farm agent. The MLB Player of the Week brought to you by State Farm. Chris Martinez. That sounds like, that's a fantastic <laughs> name, Chris. All right, so so my so my so okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, anyways, we uh, he, so Sorry, uh, we're gonna I try. We're gonna do this more consistently. We're gonna be posting on our Reddit on Reddit for today's Reddit. If you're not on there, we post in there uh, once a week, comment and stuff, and then on Twitter, just to get your feedback. So Chris replied saying his players of the week are Jed slash Ramon. That's cheating. You only could pick one. Uh, Chris, yeah. Christine Miller. Come on. Yeah. Stick with the rules, Chris. Yeah. All right. That's it. Sponsorship's gone. Yeah. Uh, Christine Miller on Twitter. She said Canna, which, you know, we had a whole segment about him. And yeah. then on Reddit, we had a Reddit user by the name of Brownie McBrownface said Ramon <laughs> Tony Montana Loriano, which. Love it. Love the nickname. But uh, Chris, who's your play of the week? My Town Tailgate Player of the Week, presented by Chris Martinez, State <laughs> of Walnut Creek, allegedly, is is um, Jed Lowry for all the reasons that I deep throated him earlier in this podcast. Um, he's the shit, and I love him, and I'm so glad he's back. I called it at the beginning of the season, Julio. You heard it. The listeners heard it. He would be the starting second baseman baseman on this team. He is. He's killing it. No one's taking his job, especially with Chad Pinder hurt. So fuck yeah, love it. There's look. What's yours? Um. Oh, you wanted to comment on that? Sorry. No, 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 no. Like, dude, there's not. A, no, I, I don't need to comment because honestly, Mr. Cool over here who called Jed Lowry as a starting second baseman. I'm wearing these sunglasses for the rest of the pod now. But honestly, all those people that everybody named off, they're not. They're all friggin' awesome answers. Also, we got to give a shout out to Seth Brown. Hit his first career home run, dude, and then hit a go ahead home run yesterday. R- rookie numbers or those minor league numbers are starting to show tight, but. I'm actually going to give my award to the person that started this streak to kind of break this team out of their funk and set the pace, Sean Manaya. You're getting my Player of the Week award. It's uh, a solid pick. Yeah, he great picked, outing. Yep, great outing against Houston on 
Thursday. Uh, pitched six innings, gave six hits, one earned run, four strikeouts. He only gave up one walk, which is excellent to hear only one walk. Um, and the, that was the A's. Like, they came back a one. He really he shut down that Houston lineup that had been so lethal against this team so far. Um, and I think something we got to talk about this pitching real quick is we got to give a shout out to Armis Garcia, who he's pretty much had a pitch majority of the season because of Murph being hurt on and off. Uh, Bounce back from week one for sure. Also, if you're going to call out your shout out with Jed, um, we have to like, unfortunately call out Alex coffee again, because she's like, yeah, Sean always gets these random weird injuries. And it, it happened again. Yeah. But, so Alex, just quick sidebar. Alex posted something. She's doing a mailbag. So she, <laughs> I was gonna comment in in her go in her mentions and 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 comment and say like, oh, what a convenient week to do a mailbag. Funny how you didn't do it a week ago when we we're all freaking out. It seems like your mail your seems like your email is gonna be a lot more lightheaded uh, <laughs> this week. <laughs> and just like kind of make fun of her, but I didn't I didn't do that because that would just be rude. Um, shout out Alex. Good call. Touche. Yeah, like those guys. But Chris, it's time to get those tongs, get the brush, grill, scrubber things, get your favorite barbecue sauce because we're bringing up our essential tool of the week. Go ahead and lead it off. So actually, another quick sidebar. Oh, when people first meet me, they think that I'm Hawaiian, Polynesian, or like or, um, or Samoan. Um, I'm not a Mexican. For those of you who were curious. Um. Should I just start saying that I am and I'm Shamanaya's brother? No, Shamanaya's brother are the Wadas. <laughs> okay. Um, we determined right, that. So we, de- we, we determined that already. But anyways, um, who is so your my, essential tool of the my week? My essential tailgate tool of the week is the number four hole hitter. So it's a little bit general, but here's why. It's been switching up. So normally it's Matt Olson, but he's been hurt. So yesterday it was Matt Chapman. Um, it could potentially be Stephen Piscotty if Matt Chapman um, starts to um, slump. Um, it could potentially be Mitch Moreland if one of those guys starts to slump. So the number four hitter is so important because one through three is getting the job done. They're going to hopefully, knock on wood if you're with me, keep getting the job done. So what we need is a number four hitter to bring those runs in. We need to start bringing runs in. We keep, even though one through three is doing us well, we're still scoring, we've been scoring like six runs a game. That average is not official. I'm just like guessing. Um, we gotta get. We gotta. We're still stranding runners, and we can't be doing that. We gotta bring those guys in. So number four <laughs> hole hitter, start step it up. Um, and I think we could see that this week, especially with such a big game. Uh, Man chap had yesterday. So what's yours? Le- yeah, general, but I love it. Um, I think this is going to be the week that. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not really going to knock on wood because I don't know if you're, you're going to like it, but you're not going to love it because of your own reasons. Um, I think this could be the week that Lutrovino takes over the, the closer role full time. Um, Ooh, I've been uh, looking at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, look, Chris and I are in a fantasy league together uh, with the Schlatters as well as some of their friends. And uh, Chris picked up Andrew or Jake Diekman when Trevor Rosenthal went down. Has been looking good so far. But Lutrovino. Um, he's been fantastic to start this season. He has a 1.04 ERA. He got his first save of the season yesterday, but also the A's first save period of the season. I don't think, um, was it an official save? It was an official save, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he's looks, you know, a lot of knocking on wood right now. 
Um, but he looks like he's kind of going to, he's looking like the guy we saw in 2018 in his rookie year. Um, and that's really optimistic. We had such high expectations of him in 2019, and he was not great. Um, and in, at the end of last season, he actually looked pretty good as well. So my hope is this season against a really good hitting <laughs> Twins team, bless you. Sorry. He'll just claim this role. Jake, and, Jake's an eighth inning guy. He should stay in the eighth inning. I agree. Oh, you don't think that Jake should? Be oh, I thought you were saying it anymore? because of your own personal investment. And oh, Jake's a day, eighth inning guy. My mistake. My mistake. I got my no. My I haven't completely Jake's committed confused. to to Lou yet. I haven't. I haven't picked him up. Have you? I I probably should. Not. You're fine. Anyway. Anyway. Uh yeah no I agree I, I I like that I like Lou okay so that's gonna do you have any any final uh, remarks or should we should we end the pod. <laughs> Um, no, but yeah, make sure give us a follow on Twitter. If you're not already going to shout that out one more time. I was um, going to actually do that this time. I remembered. Also, I think it'd be pretty fun. Uh, I pre-ordered MLB the show. I'll be able to play it tomorrow night. So maybe if there's some, uh, some people on Twitter who want to uh, match up on there, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Slide into your handle. I don't know. I don't play video games, so I don't get it. Just thanks for tuning whatever, in. Same we, thing. We, we, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Remember to stay cool. For the people listening on audio, I'm pointing to my sunglasses that I'm wearing. Remember to stay cool because the A's, the A's are, are are cool right now. You stay cool, Oakland. Um, and last but not least, Julio. Let's go, Oakland. Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, <laughs> and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.